All right. What a morning, huh? <laughs> you know, as I went over this this morning before I left the house, I'm like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> this will be like, this is gravy. You know, this this series we're in, you read the book of Hebrews, I was like, oh, man, this stuff almost preaches itself. You know, when you when you start reading Hebrews, it's like, it really does. Uh, you know, I, I it's, a, it's a wonderful book. And it, it relates a, a wonderful story. And, you know, when I, when I first thought of tackling this message, you know, that, that we're in Hebrews, you know, my mind immediately went back to the Old Testament, to the temple and the tabernacle. And, you know, you start getting into the minutia of how God instructed those things to be built. And I mean, and it's very, very descriptive, you know, but the, the more I thought about that, the more, you know, it was noticeable to me, the Holy Spirit's going, no, no, I don't want you to go down that route. And, and then as I went back and a couple passages in, in Hebrews actually, actually detours you away from that too. Chapter nine, you know, it, it talks about, but that's detail that we're not going to get into right now. And then again in, in 13, you know, he's like, you know, that's, that, that stuff, okay, don't, don't get caught up in stuff, but, you know, let your heart be strengthened by grace. And, and so I thought about, you know, if you haven't had a chance to go through the story formed life with, with, with Jim, you know, that, that's, how, that's how I saw all this whole thing just play out, you know, as I, as I, as I went through this. Uh, so first of all, my name is Brant. I'm an elder here, a fourth string preacher. If you're if you're visiting with us, please come back next week. You know, I'm 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 not don't judge us by me. Please. So, like I said, Hebrews. The there was one passage, you know, as and I really struggled too because I, every every avenue I went down, I went. Well, Josh talked about this already. Josh talked about this last week, so go back and listen to Josh's message from last week. You know, and you know, I I didn't want to. I mean, because we're basically covering the same ground. You, you know, I I'm sorry. <laughs> but the the thing that the thing that jumped out at me is is how much this book talks about our conscience and you know I, I started down the the path to of doing a word study on what a con what our conscience is you, you know and and then I'm like no 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 we're not we're not we're not getting in semantics here we're not that's not the goal either you know of of understanding the difference between our conscience our mind our heart you know which you know, I do know enough of the from the word study that the heart and our conscience are not the same thing. You know, the conscience, you know, just according to the, the dictionary, you know, of biblical words is, is just the place we process. You know, it's the thing, it's the place we, we come to our understanding of stuff. And that can be wrong. Uh, 
it can be, you know, corrupted. You know, we can get led down bunny trails, different things, you know, that, you know, make us make us think things. But, you know, coming coming back to Scripture constantly and coming back to a relationship is, is the thing that'll that'll keep us keep us safe. So much of this, what we go over, because I usually only have like three or four points. Today I have 11. <laughs> huh? Okay. <laughs> uh, you're y'all the one saying more, Lord. I, <laughs> and no Brent. So, uh, you know, the, this thing, this thing starts and ends, you know, this, this whole story of this whole book. And I, you know, I brought my Bible instead of just reading scripture off paper, you know, for dramatic effect. <laughs> because, you, you know, from beginning to end, it, it's all about God wanting to, to be with us, to habitate, to abide with us. You, you know, the whole, the whole stinking thing, you know, I. I'm going to be the most oversimplified person you've ever met this morning because I'm just going to keep boiling it down, boiling it down, boiling it down, you know, and, and that, that's, that's where we want to be. We, you know, keep that in mind through this whole thing. So a couple of, I want to give a couple of instances of my conscience, how, how it's worked. Um, as many of you know, Pam is Pam is with her parents, you know, this week, and her her father in, ended up passing away on Friday. And before before she left, you know, the a week ago, over a week ago, you know, we did a quick stop in the Publix to, you know, get her prescriptions and things, you know, to travel with. And you know, while she was over there, I'm loading up with cookies and ice cream, <laughs> you know, all the all the junk food, you know. Pammy's gone. Brant's going to eat. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I mean, I I'd, I'd literally, I had cookies and ice cream, you know, and some other snacks, whatever. Nothing, you know. So, you know, it was just a handful of stuff. So she had, she had gotten it. And we go and we decide, I normally do not pick the self-checkout. I, I hate those things. Hate them with a passion. And, you know... So this time though we were we were just trying to get through so you know went through the self checkout you know I'm I've got it in my arms I'm scanning handed it to her and she's dropping it in the bags pay go on home so we get home you know she takes you know she takes the dogs out and I start putting things away and I reach one of the bags and I feel this something is cold and soft and I went what what is this? You know you're, you know, <laughs> you know. I've never played one of those games where it's like, hey, put your hand in here, you know. <laughs> and you know, and I pull it out, and it's a pork loin. And and then I reach back in and pull out, and there's this like little thing of this broccoli salad. And I, I'm like, Pam, <laughs> Pam, did you 
did you pull this, put this in the bag? I want, you know, I wasn't watching or whatever. She's like, no, that's not ours. And so immediately I had an issue in my conscience. I'm like, what do I do? Here I've got, and I knew there was a guy that had been using that register right before us. You know, and I'm like, that that guy has just gotten home and realized he doesn't have dinner. And, oh, I just felt horrible. And I'm like, Pam, what, what do I do? And Pam being, you know, at that, that this time, you know, I'm saying, not this time, but you know what I mean. I'm not going to get myself in trouble. She's not here. <laughs> uh you know, she's like, well, babe, you know, what are you going to do? You take it back, they're just going to throw it away. And you're not going to, you know, they're not going to save it for the guy to come back. Uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things. And, and that's why I don't use those self-checkouts. <laughs> because that is my exact fear that I'm going to walk off and leave half my stuff sitting there. So that just bugged me. And I went back in. Uh, Friday, I think it was. I went back to Publix. And this time, so I went to the customer service desk and I said, hey, let me ask you something. You know, what, what happens in this case? You know, what if we would have brought this back? You know, what happens? And the guy basically goes, uh, if you brought it back, we would have thrown it away. So you might as well just cook it and enjoy it. You know, if the guy comes back, shows us his receipt, and says, hey, I, I missed this or whatever, he said, we're going to give him another one. So conscience eased, right? You know, and I told Pam that. She's like, I told you. <laughs> and so uh, my next example is a little more, a little more somber. Uh, as, as you know, you know, today is, is Juneteenth. And, you know, the, the commemoration of the, you know, the final day of slavery. And it was Texas, you know, that was the last state to finally get it together. And my family is from Texas. And my family owned slaves. And I thought, leave it to a cannon be the last one you know to get with the program you know because it, it bothers me to know that well he got quiet <laughs> it, it bothers me you know because I, I know you know this this is this is family you know it's not it's not as far removed as you think and you know, because I, I picture any of the family I know that I've that I've actually walked this earth with behaving that way, and that you know that's how I you know pictured them, and it's like how how do I, I I'm I still love my family, you know, but they have this this shameful thing attached to us, you know, the, this darkness, and. You know that that bugs my conscience. You know it it, it really does. Um, you know to think that I, you know, and I have no, I'm gonna have no history of of when, you know when they did what 
or or how any of it happened or or what you know in, in my family uh, you know i just know texas was the last and that's where my family was there is a if you ever look on a map there's a canon texas you know just north of dallas and you know and that's like i said that that bothers me you know and i'm accountable in the fact that if i if i don't learn from it you know then shame shame on me then that shame sticks but it's it's all part of our conscience you know the 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 ability to to know you know right from wrong you know those things that you do and you immediately oh i know that was wrong and so hebrews just has a lot to say about our conscience so i want to start like i said we are going don't don't worry this isn't going to be 11 points huh well this is the bible to use right here this is my bible so we are going front to back we're starting in genesis Got a pillow. So Genesis chapter three, and get this right. Chapter three, we're starting in verse nine. Of course, we we should know most of this story, so I'm just starting at verse nine. But the Lord God called to the man, "Where are you?" And he answered, "I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid." You know, we know, we know the story. You know, the, the infamous decision, you know, to take of the fruit that God said no. And as soon as he did, conscience kicks in. I am naked. I'm hiding. I'm full of shame and guilt. So then we just quickly jumped to verse 21. You know, it's part of uh, part of God's beginning to remedy this, which, you know, will take all the way to the back of this book, you know, for that story to unfold. But it said, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. I'm sorry. Yeah, garments of skin. There it goes. I'm sorry. I, I've been bouncing around between versions. And sometimes, you know, the, the wording, that threw me off a little bit. So, you know, an animal had to die. You know, God, God killed an animal in, to cover their skin. Blood was shed, you know, to provide a literal covering over their shame and their guilt. And so e even back then, you, you know, we, we see, we see what's, what's starting to transpire. I've, I've wondered why, you know, we, like in subsequent, you know, in Paul's letters and things that he doesn't, you know, refer to that as, as the original animal sacrifice. You know, they, they go back to the temple to do that, but, but we see it here. And, you know, it just starts to set the, the pattern. So then, so I'm up to, I'm up to four now, point four. 
so moving on, and we're not gonna we're not gonna read this. I'll just tell you, you know, in Exodus, you know, it starts talking about you know the people of Israel, you know, have skedaddled Egypt, you know, living footloose and fancy free out in the desert, and you know, it's comes time, you know, God's gonna you know need they need a place where they can meet with God, you know, so God gives them this instruction to build a tabernacle, you know, a tent. You know, now they're a mobile people right now. They're not, they're not settled. So this thing has to be built in such a way that they can move it. It can go with them, you know, wherever, wherever God tells them to go. You know, so they have a mobile temple. You know, and you start reading, you start reading you know, like chapter 26, you know, about, oh, you know, make 50 of these things out of this gold and, you know, make it, you know, out of these yarns and la, la, la. And it's like, holy moly. You know, this got this got detailed real, real fast. And, you know, I think that's what, you know, later on in Hebrews, who you know, whoever the real author of Hebrews is, you know, was like, yeah, 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 we'll get into that detail later, you know, because it gets deep quick, you know, on, on, on the instructions on how to build that thing. But, you know, I, I'm thinking, you know, they had to take this thing apart and move it. We gripe about moving chairs. <laughs> little conviction there, just a little. So we, we, we start in the garden. You know, God, God, you know, met with Adam and Eve in the garden. You know, they fellowship together. All right. Fall happens. You know, hey, blah, blah, blah. You know, you go through the whole story of Abraham. You know, you got bondage in Egypt. You know, here Moses now has delivered the people out of Egypt. And you have the tabernacle, you know, a place where, where God can meet his people. So the story of Israel goes on. And we get into the days, you know, of, of David and Solomon. And Josh talked a lot about this last week. You, you know, the, the building of the temple. You know, you know how the, the drama that went along with finally, you know, building a temple. You know, where God can dwell in, in the midst of them. You know, and, and where the transactions took place for the sacrifices. You know, I mean, and this place was, was the place. You know, the place for God. You know, and so then you have, you know, David, how he started, you know, making preparations. You had Solomon who actually built it. If my history is right, you know, that temple gets destroyed. You know, eventually Herod builds another temple, which is the temple that existed at Jesus's time. You know, for for the Jewish people, you know, this is ground zero. You know, and it and it extends even to this day. You, you know that that place is is holy, and of course we we know now. You know, the drama continues because the temple is not there. You know, the the dome of the rock is sitting there on the Temple Mount, and it's just you know a big stink to put it lightly but the temple you know was where the sacrifices you know were done i want to i want to inter interject a little testimony here so i i grew up in a in a christian home uh, my mom and dad we were at church Every time the doors were open, you know, those of you old enough to remember, 
Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom, and the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday nights. Oh, the, the fights. You'd hear that music, because, I mean, we only live like five minutes from the church, so I'd always get to hear the beginning of the Disney music, you know, on the, on the TV. All right, let's go. No. Why do we have to go? There's no other kids there. No, 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 no. You know, the whole being a brat thing. You know, but, it, you know, I, I knew I knew from like the age of 11 is when, you know, I, I did that walk the aisle. You know, and, and then I, I say that with, with quotations. It was very sincere. It was very real, you know, to me, you know, because for weeks I had been literally white knuckling the pew in front of me, you know, when it came time for, for the invitation. Baptist Church is in every service. You know, just as I am. Uh, come now, come to the front. You know, and I'm like, it's the same people that's been here for the last 80 years. <laughs> is nobody, everybody saved yet? I don't know. <laughs> but, <clears throat> you know, I, I went forward, you know, prayed with the pastor, uh, you know, got baptized. You know, but then, but then it was like, well, all right, you're in. And you know the the discipleship part wasn't wasn't that great, and so I you know I I knew of course you know we lived in a small town you know all those all those guys hung out and got in various kinds of trouble, and you know I wouldn't go to bed at night without praying, you know to God I I know today I didn't do right. But I don't know what else to do. And that, that went on until I was a senior in high school. And I went to a youth revival with a friend of mine. And plus there was a girl <laughs> that I was unsuccessfully pursuing, which I do believe that ladies are the most underrated but most powerful evangelistic tool <laughs> of all time. And and during that during that message that night, you know, and it was an Assembly of God church, which I had never been to an Assembly of God church, you know, in a Baptist church growing up. Whew, like, my gosh, these people sing forever. <laughs> I'm going to sit down and, you know. Uh, but, and Cliff, you'll appreciate this. The, the pastor, he was a youth pastor, but he was also a Royal Ranger, high up in the Royal Rangers. And... His message was about Moses, you know, when the snakes, you know, infiltrated the Israel, you know, and were biting and people sick and dying. And, you know, and he, he raised the, the serpent on the, on the pole, you know, and you had to look at it to be healed. You know, that, that was his message. And he talked about the different kinds of snake bites, being a royal ranger. And, you know, he's like, you got the coral snake whose fangs are, are short and when it when it hits you, it's it's got a gnaw a minute to get it get its fangs in to inject the venom, as opposed to a rattlesnake, which you've you've seen the rattlesnake fangs, you know, a rattlesnake is bam and you know, it's lightning quick and boom, that's it. And the Holy Spirit said, That's 
the coral snake, he said, that's you. And he pinpointed me, and I, I stood up for prayer, and I can't, I mean, in that whole service, I went in one way and came out another. And it, you know, it's, it's never, it's never been the same since. And I, all those years of praying every night, you know, that God, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know what else. I don't know what else. And he finally answered and showed himself. And I'm telling you, I mean, something lifted that night that I, has never shackled me ever again. You know, the guilt and, and, and whatnot. I just, and I, I praise God for it. So, so moving on. The next, the next phase, you know, after we, we had the temple, let's get back to the progression. You know, there's, there's many times, there's many scriptures that talk about him. We are his people and he is now with us. So we, we advanced through the story, you know, to the death and resurrection of Jesus. And now, you know, there's no physical temple, you know, but he in, inhabits us as individuals. He inhabits us as a group, as a corporately. You know, it, it talks in Psalms, you know, even, you know, he is enthroned on our praises. You know, he is, he is with us. You know, we, we the need for the physical temple is, is no longer needed. Of course, you're, you're familiar, you know, in 1 Corinthians, it also talked about our bodies being the temple of the Holy Spirit and how, how to conduct ourselves. <clears throat> you know, in Matthew, you know, where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. I mean, he is here. You know, when we gather in his name, it's a habitation. You know, it's it's the temple it's it's where he is it's where we can meet with him so then we can move on to heaven and this is short i'm i know I, there's a lot of details here but i'm i'm telling you that's why i said i'm gonna leave a lot of this to your own your own study your own work on that you know but in revelations chapter 21 you know, and I told you we were going all the way to the back. See, it wasn't that painful, was it? Revelations 21, 22, you know, as, as John was writing, you know, what he saw in heaven, you know, just, again, it was just as much as a description you know, of heaven as they gave us about the tabernacle and all way back in the Old Testament, talking about all the jewels and, you know, and how everything's built. And <clears throat> But he says, I did not see a temple in the city because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of the Lord gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. I mean, that... That's pretty incredible, you know, because like I said, remember, you know, this is all about God and us, uh, you know, habitating, you know, being together. You, you know, we get all the way to the end of the story and we're together with him in heaven. And we still, we, there is not a temple. They are it because they are there. 
We are there. And it's glorious. Real, I'm, I know this, this could be tedious, but I'd like to read chapter 10 in Hebrews. I'd just like to read it, and I'd like you to hear it as, as just the story, not as, not as individual scriptures, you know, not as you know, looking for you know, snippets or, or whatnot, but just read it as, as, as the part of the story. For the law is only a shadow of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can never, by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year, make perfect those who draw near to worship. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshipers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have felt the guilt, felt guilty for their sins. That, that was the hook, you know, that got me into this whole. But those sacrifices are an animal, annual reminder of sins because... It is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, for a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then he said, Here am I. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. We can jump to 11. Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties again and again. He offers the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when this priest had offered for one all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. Because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. The Holy Spirit also testifies. I thought this was interesting. Christ says, and here it says, the Holy Spirit says. It's just curious. This is the covenant I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these things have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw to your heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. 
How many times have you read that and wondered, what in the world? You know, have you ever been in the once saved, always saved versus you can fall from grace argument? You know, this is one of those scriptures that, you know, yep, yep, see, 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 you know, but read it in context, you know, put it together with what's going on here. Anyone who the law of Moses died without mercy and deserves to be punished who has trampled the son of God underfoot who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, It is mine to avenge, I will repay, and again the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you stood your ground in a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, and other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. That's a great chapter. That, I mean, that is a that is a great chapter. And... You know, we didn't go into chapter 9, but chapter 9 helps lay some groundwork for that, too. That's a good read. So, I told you I'm going to oversimplify this thing. And here's, here's, my, here's my hinge statement for the whole thing. You know, for the first time since before the fall in the garden, we can stand in Jesus with a clear conscience. All that I, I tried to boil down in that one statement. It may not be a, the best statement. But for the first time since the fall, we can stand in front of God with a clear conscience. You know, as long as the temple was around and as long as they had to do the sacrifices year after year after year after year, it was just a reminder of the guilt. It was just a reminder that this, everything that, that was provided for on earth can't cut it won't do it we had to have the perfect priest who is also the perfect sacrifice to do this for us and we can now when we are in Jesus we can stand before God with a clear conscience and that's that is a truth that when your heart gets a hold of can is almost unstoppable you know because you don't have to wonder your position. You don't have to doubt. You know, I don't, I don't have to doubt. I don't have to get up in the morning and go, am I Brent Cannon? Was my dad Ron Cannon? You know, was, is this me? Is, you know, I don't, I don't have to rework it every day. You know, same thing with this. You don't have to rework your salvation all the time to, to constantly seek his approval. 
you know, we stand before him with a clear conscience, you know, because of Jesus. I'm, I'm getting to the end here. Point 11. So, you know, why does this, why does this matter? You know, why, why does this book exist in Hebrews? You, you know, why, why does any of this matter? And, and I, I just want to say, you know, because it, it, determines, it determines our worship. It determines our inward worship, our personal worship. It determines our corporate worship, you know, because it puts us in a right place. You know, understanding, you know, put us in a right place. Now, I'm going to do something that may annoy some people because it's cheesy. <laughs> so, you know, if you're going to be annoyed, you can la, 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 la. <clears throat> oh, you're going to hate me then. There's a couple of passages here, and there's one. In, there's a piece here in ten, and then there's another one in twelve. It's what I like to call the lettuce patches. Lettuce. Well, let's go back to chapter ten, just real quick. Let us. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together, but let us encourage one another. Let us. <laughs> I, I came up with that years ago, and I've hated myself. <laughs> <laughs> and so you know in chapter 12 same thing let us throw off everything that hinders and the sins that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us and let us fix our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand at the throne of god you know when you're when you're in doubt you know, when those thoughts come, you know, eat some lettuce. Isn't that bad? Oh, I'm never this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tape all of a sudden ended. <laughs> so I. I want to leave today, you know, like I said, why do, why does this matter? Because I want you to go I want you to go forth and never doubt your status. Never doubt your position. Understand what was bought for you. Embrace the confidence you know that you can have. And I don't mean arrogance, and I don't mean a flippancy. And I'm that's not what I'm going for. But we have a confidence to stand before a scary God. You know, he's scary. He is loving. I mean, his love is more vast than we could ever think of. But doggone it, he's scary too. You, you know, but, you know, we, we understand the plan. We're golden. We have that confidence. 
and we can stand before him. Let's pray. Father God, I just ask in Jesus' name that you just quicken your words to our hearts. You know, not not my silliness, Father, but you, you instill in us, and you let us see, Holy Spirit, that confidence. You let us see, you know, if you're here today, you know, you may have never experienced that. And, you know, we can pray for you. We can pray with you. Because, Father, we, we love you. We want to abide with you. We want you in our midst. And we need you. And we bless your name. And we thank you so very much.